Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Safe Space. Um, so we have an interesting topic that we're going to talk about this week. We're going to actually talk about immigration, which seems to be a very heated topic that we see a lot in the news. We see a lot in the in politics. We see a lot within our own society. But before we start getting to the topic, uh, I want to do a quick check-in with everybody, though we were having a quite heated check-in. Uh, before the, even the podcast started. So let's just check in with everybody. We can actually continue our conversation uh, that we were having before the podcast started. So how's everybody? Nobody go ahead. Oh, um, I'm blessed, black, and highly favored. <laughs> what, you're what, Ezron? I am blessed, black, and highly favored. <laughs> nice. Okay. Do you wanna you wanna you wanna talk about that more? Yes. Um well black is pretty much self-explanatory. I don't have to go into details with that. But yeah. blessed as in um I'm just blessed in general. Like uh I have everything that I need in life to be able to function, so I don't have anything to complain about. And then highly favored is just like uh, I'm just enjoying life. There's a lot of blessings that's coming my way. So I'm just enjoying it as it goes. All right. Awesome. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Um, go ahead, Marcus. I'm good today. Just tired because I've been up all day yesterday trying to complete things and everything. Overall, about the topic we were talking about of our school doing the COVID testing and us requiring us to get our parents and everything is going to be quite a problem for me. Because I really don't, like, my mom, she's barely home. And then huh. my dad, I'm, and then my dad, like, works. So it's like, oh, that's going to be predicament. And then that means it's a possibility that I won't be able to go to school next week. You know what? That's, that's true. I don't think a lot of, um, I want to say educational systems think about that, that a lot of people have either uh, households that either have two parent households that are working or a one parent household that's working or a household that might not have, might have like grandparents. They don't, I don't think they take that into consideration. Like they don't, they don't consider what the adversities that um, a student might be facing that might make it difficult to uphold the obligations that you guys might have to face. Yeah, and then that's gonna further ruin people's attendance. And then as that goes on, then they're gonna try to make, if I get a certain amount of attendance, I'm gonna be accountable, my parents gonna be accountable and take me to court. Right, That there's that truancy issue that you guys end up facing. So, you know, how so the question is is you know uh, because there are some people and let's let's face it there are some people who play that card a little too much and then there's some people who don't play that card at all so how do we find that middle so what what can the administration do to help work with that situation like to get like the COVID test like you shouldn't um need to have a parent I feel like as long as you have like a valid ID whether it's a school ID or a state ID that should be okay because um especially if you're going to your school they already know that you belong to that school so I'm not even sure why there's an issue of even needing a parent since like that's the school that you go to so I think they should only just have rule where you just got to have ID a classification with a school ID or a state ID so they could like verify who you are and just, just make time just more available for like people in their schedule. Okay. I, I, I definitely, I agree with that. Or like have maybe, you know, if you Matt, if you're getting tested at the school, maybe having, you know, that you, they compare your name to what, whatever attendance they have to the school. Anybody else, you know, play around with some ideas because the fact is, is that, you know, they're holding unrealistic standards to what is going on in today's society. 
right? So let's, and then we had, you know, some of you guys, you know, one of the things that we were discussing before is that some of you guys live very far away and it's, a, and it's an uphill battle to like get you guys to the location of where to get the testing done. So, you know, there's, there are adversities that you guys face. For me personally, I don't even know how I'm going to be able to get the test because my my dad was supposed to bring me on on Friday, which was like the seventh, I think, or the sixth of January. But they they changed the date because of that. My dad my dad went to Haiti on last week. Okay, he's not with me anymore. He's the one that usually bring me if I if I have something like going on. He's the one that I always talk to. But nobody else really can bring me so. Oh no, I'm gonna get the test. Okay. And the school don't really care about all that. They only care about getting their fundings and stuff, or whatever it's called. Because they don't really care about the students. That from what from what it seemed like they don't. So what I'm hearing is that there's a disconnect. There's a disconnection between the, uh, the stu between students and uh administration uh marcus says they should make a google form to see the amount of students who took the COVID test and who didn't and then ask why they didn't okay josiah go ahead uh what i was gonna say is they do give us opportunity to take the COVID test without all these stuff but it's in it's not it's, it's only for like two hours and within that two hours you could have like a thousand people there wanting to get uh, the COVID shot, and it's just not, it's not, it's not convenient at all. Okay. So, you know, okay, so it's, they're just, they're overloading, like, you know, if it's open between 10 and 12, then you're seeing, you know, it's like when a doctor schedules 10 people for a 10 o'clock appointment. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So, again, it's there's the disconnection between re, what a perfect system would look like and let's face it it's not reality yeah i agreed with what marcus said because like this little things matter and if they just try to communicate with the students more to figure out what's going on and why they can't get the covid test and this would that would really be helpful because they're they're basically forcing kids to i'm not i wouldn't say forcing kids to go to school but, like, not every kid has the opportunity to go get the COVID test, especially since they're changing a lot of the rules. Like Josiah said earlier, they, when I first went to get my test, all I had to do was just bring my school ID and my, and my dad. And all of a sudden, you got to bring your you got to bring your papers and all this and that just to get a COVID test. And um, you can take the COVID test at home. I'm not sure if they will allow that. Because say, for instance, you took the COVID test at home and you just sent the screenshot of the um, results. Would they still let you in? Or... No, or do you have to go to like a right place? That's a good if, it's a, if it's a PCR, um, I don't think they allow the PCR. You see, they don't even allow stuff like that. Right. That's a good that's a good question because so you know what what's what's allowed and what's not allowed. So um you know so again, what I'm hearing is just, there's just a lot of roadblocks in place and you guys are supposed to be going back to school next week. And, you know, I think Nielsen is, you're saying that they're not even opting for virtual for you guys. It's like either you're in school or you're not in school. Ezra, what, um, what do you have to say? Uh, um, I was going to say that it, it kind of doesn't make sense that um, they're saying to, you have to be, you have to test positive to come back to school. But if you test negative, stay home. But then in the midst of that, you're also saying that, okay, if you're at home, um, what you expect us to do? Like, you have to be in school to be able to get your work done. So um, they're not making it available where other people... So it's not even just like the testing. It's also we're going back to school. They're not making it um convenient to where, okay, if you're at home, whether due to like a negative COVID test or, or um, you just couldn't be able to take the test just give it a convenient option where you'll still be able to get your work done and as us especially as senior our attendance and assignments are important because literally like our graduation require our graduation um our requirement 
Well, yeah, our graduation requirement is literally on the line um, for this year. So if you if you like end up like slipping up or whatever, you could be in danger of not even getting your diploma, which will not be your fault due to either like the circumstance that you're in and then the, the disorganization of how the school year have been. Right. And yeah, and that's the thing. It's, again, it's they they're not seeing it from your perspective at all. You know, and they're just um, it sounds like it's more like they just want to make those numbers happen. And it's like you guys are on this conveyor belt. And it's just like, well, as long as they're, we're just dishing them out, that's all that matters. Um, uh, Nara, Nara, are you going to say something? What I'm trying to say is that, concerning that this is my first podcast, I'm going to try to be honest and just state what I know. That's okay. That's what we want. Yeah. And everyone's entitled to their own opinions. Okay. So, concerning uh, my experience that I had today, um, it was honestly um, quite just a little harsh because um, I was, along with a lot of people, they were standing in line for a long time. And it was very cold outside. So it's honestly like um, some people might be angry and say, oh, my gosh, do they want us to freeze like popsicles out here or something? Wait, they had you guys outside? Yes, they had us outside. Oh, gosh. I know. Um, But then when I finally got in, um, they obviously they didn't let much people in because of, you know, situation that we're going on with right now and with the pandemic and social distancing and all that but honestly I wish they could have found a better way to um, keep everyone out of the cold and get the COVID testing done at a faster pace because um, according to the message that our principal um, gave to us a while ago they will not the school will not accept the rapid test for a student. They will only accept the PCR test. So um, if there was some sort of um, organization to uh, let everything go smoothly and make sure that everyone that came are taken care of, like they're nice and warm, instead of shivering out in the cold, that would be uh, a very big improvement. And I will say, quote, that one of the security guards, she felt bad for all of the people that were standing outside in the cold. Like, she felt bad. And I was already thinking, like, well, why can't the school do something about it? So I agree with um, what everyone is saying when when they say there is a disconnection, there is a disorganization. And um, in order, and I feel like in order for a school to be successful, they have to put the students first because this is their future. Like you have to learn, you have to learn certain things, learn everything that you need to know to pursue a career in life and let your future be stable and set. And I feel like they're not really doing that. Like they're saying that they're putting the student first, but but deep down, they're really not. Like actions speak louder than words. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, you know what, and I want to thank you so much for your honesty and putting it out there and speaking your truth, because it's so hard, uh, first off, putting yourself out there. So I want to thank you for that. And Ezra, you're right, putting the student first and not like you're saying, it's, you know, we're at this point, I think, in society that it's like, you know, we're forgetting how to be human beings, and um and it's about numbers and it's about the finances and so we have to remind people we have to remind society how do we be how do we do that you know how does how do we how do we teach the administration how do we teach the school system to put you guys back to being first you know because it's important for you guys to get your education you know um, and we have to do it in a way that you guys feel uplifted and that you guys still feel like you guys are the priority and not that you guys feel like you're on that conveyor belt. Uh, so I want to thank you guys uh, for being very honest. It's, it's hard. 
it's hard being honest and I thank you guys always you guys are for coming on here and always saying your truth every single time um uh, Ezra go ahead I also like to add that with being at home I feel like um I'm not sure if this is teacher's fault or not but with being at home I don't think they take into consideration that with us being at home that's more responsibility um, being put upon us because now you're home. When you're at school, you know, they can't do too much because you're in school. Like, there's no way to, like, probably, like, give you too much responsibility. But when you're at home in the midst, like, there's a lot of responsibility that's put on to you, especially, like, if you have little siblings. You're, you're in the middle of class trying to do your work and then also have your siblings around you, like, playing around, especially, like, if a little kid or whatever. So I feel like with the workload, um, um, I feel like the workload can be decreased a little bit Cause like it's just way harder to do schoolwork and like manage everything when you're at home trying to deal with the 800 responsibilities that you have. And I agree. I have to agree with you on that. I think people forget um, that yes. there is. Go ahead, Nielsen. Lucky for me, I don't have to. I don't have any siblings that I have to take care of. But I have a friend of mine. Everyone knows him talk. And yes. time he would unmute to speak in class, you would just hear his sister running around in the background. And that'd be so distracting for Intel because he can't really say what he want to say because sometimes he would have to move away from the computer to take care of his sister. And the teachers don't really think about all that. No. And it's unfortunate because I think that uh, they do. They do forget. They forget that you guys, you know, a lot of you guys do have that extra responsibility when you're home. Um you know, that you guys, unfortunately, are in that place of like, you know, you guys kind of skip that stage of being a kid and you're like in that kid adult stage already when it's not fair to you. Um, you guys, and it's hard. And I think that as teachers, they forget. And I don't think they mean to forget because they get that added pressure from the board of ed, they get from the principal, but from the administration, uh, uh, you know, the whatever else, other people, and I, that they have to meet their numbers. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's intentional on their part, but I think that because I don't think that they had to go through it because we're again, it's a different time of being in school. You know, we didn't have to go to school when you know being at home like we didn't have to go through that I didn't have to go through that so it's like I don't remember I was a latchkey kid so I know it's like you know coming home taking care of my younger sibling but I don't remember I didn't have to do what you guys have to do so it's not easy being a kid right now and being a student and doing everything you're doing so they do forget that and I'm, I'm glad that you pointed that, you guys pointed that out as well. Um, check with the time. Okay. So we're going to actually transition now into our topic. So I want us to be, as we transition into the topic of immigration, and like I said in the beginning of this podcast, this is a topic that we see, hear a lot in the news, we hear a lot in politics, and we sometimes might hear it amongst other people. So I wanted us to keep this very... I'm gonna keep, we're going to be very respectful of other people's opinions because this is a very controversial topic. And uh, I want us to be very open-minded and be respectful of each other. Um, so when we hear of immigration, what is some things, some words that come up to mind? Go ahead, Nara. Okay. So for me personally... Um, even though I may not know too much about immigration, I will try my best. So, so for one thing, the first thing that comes to mind when I hear the word immigration is border control, green cards. And when I think of a lot of the news that's going on with um, like some strange um strange stuff happening at border at border control, like people going into the country illegally. It honestly just, um, it 50% shocks me and another 50%, I'm not really surprised because 
Um, America is unfortunately not in the best place as of right now. So um, when it comes to immigration, I feel like it's a, uh, a complicated process. And like I'm like I don't know what the process of immigration is. I I did not immigrate here. I was born here, um, but I feel like it's still a complicated thing. And I feel for uh, um for a lot of people when like hey um you were an immigrant. It must have been so hard to get your green card and gain citizenship. Uh, and they were like, yeah, it was pretty tough. Like I feel that. It must be so difficult and I'm not sure why it is that difficult. Like we're humans, like we can be in charge of a whole lot of stuff. Like um, like when you think about it, like us um, as humans, we make so many laws, we make so many rules and regulations. And I feel like now with immigration, it just makes it harder for, and it's very stressful, especially if someone's in a family and they're trying their best to um, gain that citizenship and um, kind of like be officially welcomed into the um, United States of America. So honestly, that's how I feel at, that's how I feel at this point, but um, whatever anyone else says, that's fine with me. And uh, once again, I'm not really too educated on immigration, but I am happy to give my points of view. I think that, no, I think that was very beautifully said. Um, okay, Ezra, go ahead. And then Marcus, you go after him. Um, I'm an immigrant myself, so I know the whole process of like applying and like coming over here because um, I came to America in 2012, but we um, applied in um, 2009 and got rejected. And then when we applied again in 2012, uh, me and my family was able to come over here. I kind of had it an easy way with my immigration due to the fact that my mother came over in 2009 and my older siblings was living here. So they sent for her. And when she came here, she sent for me. So we already had that connection with somebody already over here to where my situation with coming over here was better. But not everybody have that, um, the family or like somebody over here that can make the process like easier. And I feel for... um um the people because it's just people just trying to go somewhere to have a better life because not everybody especially like outside of america like a lot of people have really tough lives and like dangerous lives like um with me coming over here from guyana i didn't like it wasn't no escape or like i had to leave it was like a choice but not everybody like had a choice it's like they were kind of like either forced or like um just you just had to like completely leave so i kind of had like the good way where like it was my parents chose to like bring us bring us over here and I could easily go back to Guyana anytime because there's no like bad blood there's nothing like exactly that happened where I can't go back so like I feel for them because like bro I know that whole process of coming over here applying for like the visa gaining a citizenship and it's just people just trying to have like a better life and I just feel so sorry for that because like I said I had the easier process with the immigration due to my family but not everybody have that that um that connection or like that family and stuff. So my heart just pours out to the people because I know the process. Thank you for sharing that. Marcus, go ahead. Uh, so when I think of an immigrant, I think of how like overall society viewed them as. Because when we think of society and how they view immigrants, when it comes to job opportunities and things like that, let's be honest, immigrants doesn't really get the opportunity and there and there's a lot of time where immigrants are being used because of that because of the fact they are immigrants and they're like when it comes to them earning a certain amount of money they're not earning the the right amount they're not getting the justice they deserve so one word that like i would describe them as is diverse and it's just based on society's standards i know it's unfair to be Become being an immigrant and all of that. So yeah. Okay. All right. Just like Ezra said, I'm I'm also a, a, a immigrant, but the process didn't take long for me because my my situation was like I was I was actually lucky because I was born abroad. So 
I was born in Haiti, but I was already like a U.S. citizen due to the fact that my parents were already here and they were already citizens when I was when I was born. They were already in America. So okay. when I was born on my birth certificate, says born abroad, even though I was born in Haiti and everything. And everyone is as lucky as me. And I'm grateful for that. And it also, and just like Ezra said, it, it really takes a long time for people to get like their green card and, and everything. So um, I have like this friend. I have this friend, so he's been trying to, he's been trying to, I guess, join the Marines and all this and that, and he can't really join because it's taking, like, a long time for him to get his, like, green card, because once you lose something like that, it's really hard for you to get it back, or once you lose, like, Social Security and all this and that, the process is really long, and it shouldn't really take that long, because, because those are, like, important items that you need in your daily life, and right. why, why should it take me, like, half a year for me to get something that is needed in order for me to do stuff that I want to do. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, so I'm just going to go through, I'm, I'm, I'm asking these terms because these are terms that we, we do hear often um, in the news. So what about asylum seeker? Um, I don't really remember what I said, but I thought that I don't, I don't remember what I said. Can you read it? I, I typed it. Can you read what I yeah. said? Yeah. Yeah, I got what you said. I'm, I'm actually looking for exactly what you said. I, I thought I didn't know what it meant, so I answered it the best that I could. Um, I'm trying to find what you said because I had to like, I screenshot a whole lot of stuff this morning. Um, immigration. I'm trying to find asylum seeker. Oh, I don't think I got what you said. Oh, shoot. Uh-huh. So this is what an asylum seeker is. A person who seeks safety from prosecution or serious harm in another country than his or her, than his or her own and awaits a decision on an application for for refugee status under relevant international or national instruments. Um, Then I'm going to say what immigration is. So I'm just going to go through these terms only because these are terms that we hear often. Uh, immigration is a process of which a non-national moves into another country for purpose of settlement. Migration is a movement of a person or a group of persons either across an international border or within state. Uh, so this is what a refugee is, is a person who owning to a well-founded fear of prosecution for reasons of which of race, religion, nationality, membership of a particular group or or political opinions of outside the country of his or her nationality and is unable or owning to such fear is unwilling to avail himself or prosecution of that country. Now, this is the one that a lot of people did not know, which is xenophobia. Does anybody know what that is? No. I believe so. Go ahead, Nara. I remember this term being um, used in my social issues class that I took last year for half the year. Um, I believe xenophobia is, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. I believe it is um, some sort of fear or hatred towards someone from a different country, I believe. Basically. Yeah. That's basically sums it up. Yeah, it's at an international level. This is what the definition has. At an international level, no universally accepted definition of xenophobia exists, though it can be described as attitudes, prejudice, and a behavior that reject, exclude, and often vilify person based on the perception that are that are they are outsiders, foreigners to a community, so or society, or national identity. So these are terms that we kind of the reason why I'm going through these terms is because we hear these terms all the time in the news. If you kind of pay attention to the news, you hear them and you're like, but I don't know if anybody actually sits time to be like, what is that? So my first real question to you guys, um, why do people immigrate to other countries? I mean, I, some of you guys did share your own personal stories, which I do appreciate, but why do you think I'm, I personally am first generation here. So my, both of my parents are immigrants. Um, well, why do you think other people came, come, to, um, come to other countries? Um, I believe that other people come to other countries to get a better life. For me personally, my, my dad moved me here just so I can get like a better education. Okay. 
So better education. Yeah, because like in Haiti, when I was in Haiti, when I, around the time when I was in Haiti, the earthquake just happened. So there was a lot of bad stuff happening in Haiti and the resources were scarce and everything. So you brought me here just so I can continue my education here and everything. So oh, that's pretty much Okay, uh, Josiah? Uh, some people also come here for better job opportunities. Uh, for instance, uh, I'm from Ghana and in my country, we have like a very high uh, amount, like a very high percentage of unemployment. So when uh, uh, these students graduate from college and all that, they don't, they don't get jobs. So some people come here and immigrate here to get, to get, um, to get, to be able to get jobs. Okay, so better job opportunities. Oh, excuse me. Um, I was going to say to like escape because a lot of people come from like like violent like um countries and it's just not like safe for them to be there or like safe for like their family, so they come here yeah, to like escape from like like that violent. Or like, or or if somebody just had like a traumatic like growing up, whether like it was family related or just um external stuff that where like the country that they were currently living in just wasn't a safe place for them. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, Nara, were you gonna say something? Um, yes. Um, just wanted to quickly agree on what Ezra um, had to say because. I feel like for some people that immigrate here, um, say America, for example, um, they do like, they like, they want their like material needs. They need like better job opportunities, better education, like maybe, like maybe even like um, better health or um, sufficient, uh, a sufficient finance system. But um, the thing that's never touched on is how um, someone is affected emotionally and they make the decision to immigrate to America. Say for, say for Ezra's example, someone went through a traumatic experience and they were like, no, I can't take this anymore. I have to go live someplace else. And <clears throat> I feel like that's one of the things that's forgotten because um, not only do um, immigrants come here for a better life, they want like, uh, they want like another chance at mm -hmm. life. They want another chance. So they try to start over. They have to take that deep breath. They have to take, um, a, take a sense of calm and a sense of peace into their system. And hopefully they will be able to um, be more comfortable in their new environment instead of going back to what, um, what like maybe what negative mindset caused them to <clears throat> immigrate in the first place. True. Nielsen, go ahead. A few reasons that people often migrate is to give their life, is to give their, I wouldn't say give their life meaning, but it's to give like their families a better life. Because if you're born in a really poor environment and you, you're, about to, you're about to have like a child you wouldn't want them to grow, in this, grow up in the same environment that you are in. So they would often migrate to give them their child a better life. True. Or something to give their child an opportunity that they didn't get to have. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so something interesting. Um, oh, shoot. I'm doing something on my other computer. So the countries with the top five uh with the most immigrants are United States is number one. The second one is Germany. The third one is Saudi Arabia. The fourth one is Russia. I don't know why Russia is so cold. And the fifth one is United Kingdom. Just wanted to share that with you guys. Cause y'all know I like my sticks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. I'm not really surprised about like the with the amount of immigrants from Saudi Arabia, I don't know how to say, but Arabia, you guys need because people would go to Russia. It's cold. Um. All right. So, do you guys think that immigrants are treated well in most countries? No. No. Okay. Why? That was quick. I say no because 
for some reason, people have like a real hatred against immigrants. I know, especially like in America, um, which confuses me because um, with everybody on family bloodline, they do realize that your people was not born here, right? Like they do realize that somewhere on your bloodline, they um, somebody from your family came um, to to this country, um, and then plus the country was built by immigrants. So you're also hating them when without them, this country would pretty much not exist. That's why do you think people forget that? Um, okay, so Nari, Nara, I want you to hold your answer to that, okay? Uh, Josiah, go ahead to answer my previous question. Uh, I don't think immigrants are mistreated. I think it depends on uh, it depends on the situation that you're in. Let's say, uh, yeah, it, it depends on the situation that you're in. Not necessarily everyone you meet will treat you bad. Some people have a high respect for immigrants. They respect them. They, uh, yeah, they honor them and what they do. It, it, it usually depends on the situation that you're in. Okay. That's, so... I want to touch back on something that Ezron said. He said that people, you know, they tend to forget that we, that, you know, we're all descendants of some form of immigrant. Why do people, they, they, you know, you kind of hear like, I'm a true blooded American. Why do, why, why do people, why is that always on people's forefront? Go ahead, Nora. Okay, so okay, so I feel like um, some people they don't still they still don't really understand the meaning of diversity and just being different because, like, first of all, we have different languages for a reason. We have different races, ethnicities, even different countries for a reason. The whole world is basically just one big melting pot of amazing humans that come from different cultures and they have the opportunity to travel the world. Like countries are not just going to set up some crazy boundaries. They're like, oh, these people can't come here or these people can't come here. It's not right. And my diversity exists for a reason is <clears throat> because like we get to experience we get to explore different types of uh, different types of places, and there's just so much that the world has to offer. And a lot of people take that for granted, and they don't really want to accept it. They, I feel like they just want they're always used to their own kind. They are still not able to accept um, someone who is different from them. Like that's like that's the um, I feel like that is the peak of the of the world's problems right now, because um, it's very like I don't understand why it's hard to accept someone for who they are. We are different for a reason. If everything was the same, I feel like this world would just be like just be kind of boring. Like it would just not be um, like something worthy to explore like you know um there are different events in different events in history we have u.s history world history and like there were so many different things that happened that we need to know about like the early um stages of this world like what happened then is is the result of what's going on now in 2022 so <clears throat> all i'm saying is that people um, take diversity for granted and they're just not ready to accept it into their mindset. True. Right. All right. So, Ezra, go ahead. I would just like to add that um, I would say it's a learned behavior um, because the mindset was already um, there and then as um, the generations went, um, it was just continuously being taught. Okay, so you think that it is so what I'm it, that it what the foundation was already there. 
Is that what I'm understanding? I was, um, I would say to a certain extent, it was there. I wouldn't say completely, but okay. kind of like with, like with racism, how like it was continuously like it was there, and then it was just taught generation to generation. So kind of like that. I wouldn't say it was completely like that, but I feel like that does play a part. So we might have to, or maybe later on, we'll touch on critical race theory and see that that's we're kind of almost touching on critical race theory right there. So that that that'll be a topic later on. Um, but I, I think you guys though um, are touching on something very interesting. I think we do struggle a lot though with diversity, and um, I don't. I I think I don't know as if a society we have evolved. And I, th- what do you guys think? Have we have we progressed, or are we still at that standstill? We have definitely um, progressed. I would say we have progressed, but there's still room for improvement. Okay. What about everybody else? We're improving, but at a slow pace. Okay. Honestly, I agree. Okay. That's the point. That's the reason why it's so unnoticeable because the pace is like really slow. So you can't really tell. I mean, I mean, if we think about it, let me, so let me look up something. Yeah, I mean, there have been some changes, but, you know, things still can get moved forward. Um, So let's move on to our next question, uh, which I I thought was interesting because I pulled this question. Do you think there's a relationship between immigration and crime? That is a great question. And honestly, I would say yes, there is a connection. <clears throat> because I know, because I believe that immigration um, has some sort of, has have boundaries. I feel like somewhere intertwined. Hmm. Okay, Nielsen? I believe that um, immigration is somewhat related to crimes because when a person first moves here, they don't really have a lot to start with. And sometimes sometimes they often commit crimes in order to get by in life or to get the resources that they need. Interesting. Okay. I, I can see, I see that perspective. Okay. So when I pulled this on our Instagram, it was 40, 43% said yes. And 57% said no. Now, do you guys think that was based on, what do you guys think about that? How did you think that was going to go when you guys saw that question on the Instagram? Um, I will be honest. I thought there would be a lot more yeses than nos. Okay. Interesting. Why did you think that? Because um, with some of the past news stories that I have heard about like some time ago, um, I feel like like when it comes to immigration, it's intertwined with some safety boundaries. And if, God forbid, someone literally came into the country illegally and had bad intentions, um, that, I mean, that would be some, um, something that's, you know, um, crime related. And um, I feel like that would be up. Try to unmute and mute. Let me try to mute and unmute. You're muted, I think. Now she is, now she's good. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so I'm just going to try and quickly summarize. Um, I feel like there would have been more, 
Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Okay. My goodness. Isn't technology great? Um, <laughs> so just wanted to so quickly summarize. I feel like some people um, would have chosen um, more yes than no, because I feel like with immigration, there's something intertwined with it, like um, some safety boundaries and some protection boundaries, because anything could happen at the border, anything could happen at border control. So <clears throat> when it comes to crime, it could kind of, it could honestly happen anywhere. So say, say for example, someone crosses the border illegally and just started causing chaos everywhere. I feel like that would be, well, the aftermath of that, the, you know, the police, border control, all of these safety officials would have to um, put a procedure, a policy in place to make sure that an incident like that never happens again. So I feel like it is so associated with crime, but like I said before, everyone's entitled to their own opinions and they can be proven otherwise or not. Okay. I, I definitely, I could see that point of view. Uh, Nielsen, do you have your hand up or you're just holding it there for kicks? I put it down, sorry. That's okay. So does anybody else have any opinions on immigration and crime? No, no. Let me no. think. Oh yeah, you can um, you can argue that. <laughs> I mean, one way is that both crime rates, both the crime rates. Wait, wait, wait. I was gonna say, I'm just gonna say that crime rates increase just like how immig immigrants are like increasing and stuff like that. That sound dumb. <laughs> no, you're good. I I know you're fine. Um, take a deep breath over there. All right, all right, all right. Let me try one more time. Okay. One way that immigra immigration can be compared to like crimes is that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna sit this one out. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're actually heading towards the end of our time. Um, but this, I don't believe, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think this topic's over yet. Cause I do have a zillion more questions. Yep, not yet. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I wanted to hear. Uh, so, uh, uh, as we end this, uh, as, as we end this conversation, uh, I wanted to, I guess, as our last minute thought about it, maybe we should, you know, I want you guys to think about. <sighs> I'm trying to think of a good way to end this this section of the podcast. So I'm looking at my questions. How can society integrate immigrants better? I feel like that's simple. All right, let's go. Honestly, just um, just learn how to just learn how to be nice. It's not that hard. Um, you're literally treating these people like they're strangers, like they're aliens to this country. I mean, they are new to the country. They just need some time to get used to their environment. But just learn how to accept them for accept them for who they are help them out if they need anything and help make the procedure a little bit more easier instead of it being a complete heartache true Any, anybody else want to go on our last minute thoughts did everyone leave the podcast no, no. we're here we're here so how how can we uh, how can we integrate Im immigrants better into society? As our last minute thoughts. I'm just gonna say this uh, small thing. 
we can learn to appreciate immigrants better by learning to, you know, just appreciate other people, you know, for who they are, for what they do, and from where they come from. Okay. I like that. One way is by admiring them because they didn't start, they didn't let, they didn't, okay, okay. One way, one way we can change that is by admiring them because they didn't stop where they came from. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Just admiring them, you know, appreciating their, you know, their uh, culture. Can I go real quick? Yeah, go ahead, Marcus. All right, ways we can do that is by, you can just, by, you can just learn from them. You can learn from them because even though you might think of them because they live in a different country or anything, they have different experiences, different things that you might not know about that you might find interesting. And just by learning all about, about them, about what they've been through and all of that can inspire you to do something, to inspire you to help them or anything like that. Awesome. Thank you. Anybody? Ezra, you didn't go. All right. What I meant to say is that we should admire them because they didn't, they didn't, um, they didn't let their background pre prevent them from making a change in their life, even though they were born with little resources they moved here for a better life and they're trying to to change their ways of living yeah it's so true oh i would say uh, um just be kind treat every treat people the way you want to be treated i like that so um i'm going to um, whatever, I can't think of the word now, um, reflect on what everybody said and basically, you know, remind everyone that, that diversity can be appreciated and we can learn from each other. And, you know, this topic is far from done. Um, this one, I have a million and zillion other questions. And, uh, but again, di you know, we all I, are diverse and we can appreciate also the adversities that we all have overcome and someone else's story can also change our story in so many ways. So I want to thank everyone for listening to another episode of the Safe Space podcast. You can check us out on pretty much now on any podcast platform you listen to um and we'll be in your ears next week for part two of this conversation and we'll see you later see you have a good one bye everyone bye.